Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 11, WrestleMania 3. Bigger, better, badder. I didn't like that. We're going to keep it though. You got to get, get three exclamation points. I know. There. I only felt two on your intro there. Bigger, better, badder. There we go. There we go. Much That's better. better. Much better. Uh, yeah, we're headed to the Pontiac Silverdome, Pontiac, Michigan, just outside of Detroit, March 29th, 1987. Do you know what was happening around March 29th, 1987? I was like a little bit over a month old. A month old? No, no, two, like two months old. Two months old, okay. Well, you two had just released Joshua Chief. Oh, Actually. Resident U, is that, is that the best U2 album? It's considered the best Is album. it your favorite? I mean... I really got into U2 later in their career. From the, like, was it Batman Forever soundtrack? Is I mean, that, that your intro? <laughs> that, that, was prob- that was probably one of the very first songs that I really like, liked of theirs. I don't remember. I, the, video's an- the video's animated, right? Yes. For that, okay. I- and Beautiful Day, and then I, like, went back. And so, like, yeah. I love Joshua Tree, but it was not the... Your entry point? Entry point to U2. I've still never done U2. I know they're the butt of a lot of jokes. But I believe that there's got to be something good. They came out of an, a thing that I really do like. They came out of, like, the Smiths and, like, you know, like, sad boy, like, gothy stuff is kind of, like, where they came out of but ended landing up somewhere else completely. And being one of the biggest bands on the planet. There's got to be something good in there. I'll check it out eventually. I mean, they are definitely one of the biggest bands on the planet. Yeah. Even yeah. 30-something years later. I'll have you make me a playlist. Platoon would go on to win uh, Best yeah. Picture this year. Who directed Platoon? Kubrick, wasn't it? No. Kubrick is... Um... Oh, God. Why do I feel like an idiot? Uh, the... That's Apocalypse Now. And Apocalypse Now is Coppola. Uh, Kubrick did um, the one where the guy blows his brains out. Spoiler alert. Deer Hunter? No, no. Uh, it's uh, Full Metal Jacket with Arlie uh, Ermey. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. And it's basically Overstone, like... Overstone, that's yeah. who it is. Okay. Yeah. I was like... I've seen a... I was like, yeah. it's not Spielberg. I was like... No. But it's one of those directors that I yeah. don't care for much of their work. I'd like to watch Platoon again. I've seen Apocalypse Now one million times. My dad used to watch that movie like I've every weekend. I've never seen Apocalypse Now. It's great. I've watched Full Metal Jacket... Three million times. It's, I've only seen that a couple but times. But I really only like the first half of the movie. It's two different movies, which is exactly. kind of great about it. A great thing And that's about my it. biggest issue with that movie. Yeah. Is that it's only half of a good movie. And because we got to have a wrestler birthday, if we have one. we got to mention oh, okay. it. AJ Lee had just been born. Hell yeah. Way before she met the pipe bomb. <laughs> what did she do? She like wrote a book? Yeah, she's wrote, she wrote a book a... lately. I don't know what else she's doing. Yeah. Hanging out. Yeah, good for her. UFC she can, money. I don't know. Fucking good on her. Exactly. I, I wish I could hang out on UFC money. 
WrestleMania 3 drew an attendance of 93,173. I do know the I do know a thing about this one. Tell us about it's it. The biggest like indoor attendance uh up until like what like late 90s like 99 maybe? 99. And it's yep. the the for the Pope. Yep, it was for the Pope. Hogan bigger than Jesus <laughs> uh, until 99. <laughs> but then WWE broke the record again. Oh, when they went to uh, Dallas uh, for WrestleMania 33, a couple years ago. Yeah, like yeah. three, four years ago. I don't know. The reports say about a hundred um, one million fans watched at 160 closed circuit locations, and then of course several million on actual yeah. paper. I heard a thing that may or may not be true that in in Michigan there was no pay per view because they just wanted to get people in the building. Which is kind of amazing if that's true. It's like it's like oh like no pay, no yeah like we're gonna black out the pay per view in Michigan uh, to get more people in here, which is pretty Makes rad. Sense. Granted, I bet the like pay per view probably cost more than some of the tickets back in '87. Granted, um, you know it's with that many people. The is nose, there a good nose, seat in the house? Nosebleed <laughs> seems really far up there. Yeah, a nosebleed like an eight dollar nosebleed. I might rather pay twenty bucks to watch on pay per view. Yeah. Plus, I don't have to be surrounded by 90,000 strangers. At least 170. Can you just imagine the parking? <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> so the show starts. We get the WrestleMania 3 logo mm-hmm. coming on the screen. Some really bad 80s tunes. Yeah, that I love that. We're sure there's dubbed. And then we see a packed crowd in the Silver Dome it with Vince McMahon. pretty amazing. Like, the crowd is... Yeah. It, yeah, it's impressive. Uh, Vince McMahon's in the in the ring welcoming everybody to WrestleMania three. Is that the first time he introduced like welcomed people? Um, I think he did the wrestling classic as well. Did he? Oh yeah, he was the because he was man in the boards with uh, the tall lady. Yeah, with Susan and or, was it Susan? I don't know. Susan might have been. Lord I think yeah, I think Susan might have been WrestleMania too. Yeah, know. maybe. He then introduces Aretha Franklin. I was not expecting this. And to it's sing tight. America the Beautiful. And other than the piano sounding like the mic is sitting on one of the chords. They're in the wrestling business, not the music business. This is a great rendition of America the Beautiful. Yeah, it was great. It was super cool. And while she's singing, of course, we see a video package of America. It looked Pretty similar to the one that they showed last year. Yeah, during the Ray Charles. There's like a helicopter shot too, which I'm like, they only used it like once. I wonder how much that fucking cost. They probably got it while they were in Toronto. <laughs> Maybe. And then we go to Gorilla Monsoon, Jesse the Body Ventura, Bob Euchre, and Mary Hart as our announcers for the evening. The body, the gorilla, and the uke. Uh, Bobby Euchre is actually a member of the WWE Celebrity Wing. Oh, is this his? So we head to our first match. We have the Can-Am Connection, which is Rick Martel. The more magnificent Morocco, because he is looking uh, quite a bit better. Than, um, Huge. <laughs> yeah. Like, he is, uh, he's, he uh, is sculpted. Someone gave him supplements. Someone, gave him, someone suggested that he worked on his body. Exactly. And he, he took heed. Seen him. And he's actually a professional wrestling Hall of Famer. Hitting double team monkey flips, arm drags on Orton. Zink gets Orton in a full nose to hit. Zink, Morocco does. Tom ducks and Morocco lays out Orton. 
We get the double KO spot as Orton and Zink hit heads, and then we get after both teams make tags. Reversed Irish Whip sends Morocco and Orton at. We then get stereo drop kicks on Morocco from the Can Am Connection, and then Martel drop kicks behind, which gives the Can Am Connection the pin and the win. It's probably the, f- for the best first match that we've watched so far. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Match, but it had a weird finish. So yeah. This one? This one, this one had a fun finish. Yeah. No, this, yeah, this was a great way to start. I was like, okay. We're in WrestleMania well, yeah, 3. Yeah, like WrestleMania Let's 3 has this. started. So then we go to a video package about Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules pushing Heenan, and Hercules throws a clothesline to knock Billy Jack down. Hercules then puts the full Nelson on. We then go to the back with Mean Gene Okerlund interviewing Bobby Heenan and Hercules. And Bobby calls Billy Jack Billy Jerk. Yeah, that's so good. Billy Jerk. Haynes. And then Hercules starts talking like, he, like he's the mythological Hercules having pulled the Roman temples down. Yeah, he later even comes with the chain, right? Like, exactly. I like that he, yeah, it's like, it's wrestling. But I was, I like, he's Hercules, but like, you know, he's actually, he's, wait guys, he's actually Hercules. And... He says, we're going to find out who the real master of the Fool Nelson is. So we get our second match. But do we, do we find out who the master of the Fool Nelson is? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules with Bobby Heenan. Uh, the story behind the match, we kind of saw it a little bit in the video package. It, Bobby Heenan kept taunting Haynes that Hercules was the real master of the Fool Nelson, which was both of their finishing moves at this time. The feud came to a boiling point on a taping of Superstars of Wrestling, which is what we saw in the video, and this match was made. Now, Silverdome, it's a football field, locker rooms super far away, so they use these motorized carts. Oh, they're so good. That have, like, rings. Yeah, it's like a mini, it's like a mini ring. It's like a mini ring. Yeah. Um, that brings, With the, like, ropes and everything. Yeah, brings them from the locker room to the... To the ring, and yeah. then there's ring attendants you know, who unhook the the belt. Uh, you know the what the, the ring attendants are called? What were they called? The Federettes, as in the WWF, the Federation. But the Federettes is so cool. Nice. So the match starts. Haynes hits a press slam and then goes for the full Nelson right away. But Hercules escapes to the ropes. Hercules then hits a de- devastating clothesline and then a back body drop to take control of the match. Hercules hits a vertical suplex, goes for the pin, but picks Haynes up before the three count. Feels like a bad idea. Billy Jack tries for the comeback and goes to suplex Hercules, but his back is too hurt. So then Hercules hits an overhead scoop slam and goes for the full Nelson, but never gets it fully locked in. Like, he can't quite get his hands... Yeah, yeah. The, it kind of looks like he's kind of looks like he's washing his hair. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Jack's reaching down for something inside, and with the cheers of the crowd, breaks the lock. We get a double clothesline, which ends up in a double KO spot, and then Haynes gets on the offensive with a pair of clotheslines, leg drops, and a second rope fist smash. Billy Jack locks on the full Nelson, but Hercules makes it to the ropes and pulls them both through to the outside. Haynes locks, then locks the full Nelson in again on the outside of the ring, but the ref reaches the 10 count for the double count out. There's a fan at the ref that's at, like right behind, you can see him. Yeah. He's like yelling at the ref, like, 
No, don't do the count out. That's <laughs> dumb. It is dumb. It was very dumb. It's like this is was would have been fine with a clean finish, and the other guy had to like have another finish. I get why they're upset at each other. Why not? They're both big beefy dudes. They both do a full Nelson. I know. Let somebody we let move somebody move on to other people. Yeah, neither of them. You're not going to make either of them a top guy. No. So let let one of them have a full Nelson, and send right. the other one to, to NWA. Post match, Heenan kicks Billy Jack in the back to force him to let Hercules go, and then Haynes stalks Heenan around the ring when Bobby gets into the ring. And oh yeah, okay. Billy Jack follows him in, <laughs> and Heenan leaves the ring, but Haynes is still arguing with him. Hercules then grabs the chain and hits Billy Jack in the head twice, busting him open with a a, a beautiful blade job. It is like it's it's uh, well done and very surprising. I was like, okay, we're gonna get color after the match is over. If you watch closely enough, as he's running around the ring, uh-huh. you can see Billy Jack like messing with his wrist with his wrist, yeah, trying grabbing the blade, yeah. I'm just saying, like, they were like, the, oh, the yeah, cut the looks cut, good. The, cut the actual color. Good. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, don't cut yourself. But if you're going to cut yourself, cut yourself like he did. Yeah, exactly. And after busting it open, Hercules locks on the full Nelson. So maybe Hercules is the real master of the, yeah. the full Nelson. I don't know. Did we get an answer? I mean, not the one that I wanted. They, they both feel like they know how to do the yeah, full Nelson. Yeah, uh, like they could have this match... Tomorrow on Raw, if this was, if it was like you know, like two thousands now, yeah, yeah, they would just they would just have the same match again. You're like, oh well, there was a DQ, but uh, you know, it was fine. It was mostly fine. It kind of sucked some of the energy away from that first match, but. So we head to the back. Mean Jeans there with King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, Little Brook. Hell yes. Big Trumps in little packages, but no. Big Trouble comes in 450-pound packs. That's why, that's why we watch wrestling, for, for things like that, right? Exactly. Bundy calls calls them midgets. Well, I mean, it, I don't, like, you know, little people. I know. Back There wasn't a term. There wasn't just, a, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah no, it's totally. 30, it's 30 yeah, years, years later. Years you have to yeah. point out that, like, yeah. hey, they weren't completely yeah. PC. And there's, exactly. But he calls them midgets and then says he's going to squash them. Which is against the rules. <laughs> Bob Euchre then joins the announce table, so all three men are there for this match. Mean Jeans then in the back with Hillbilly Jim, Haiti Kid, and Little Beaver. What a name. Jim says he's going to do his darndest to keep his little buddy. Be- buddies, I was like, aw. How cute. It was. So we go to our third match. Kingo and Lord Littlebrook versus Hillbilly Jim, Haiti Kid, and Little Beaver, a six-man mixed tag match. Now, Lord Little Beaver and Little Beaver is an NWA and professional wrestling. Probably didn't think those little people were Hall of Famers, did you? That's fucking cool. Exactly. So Little Beaver, Oklahoma. But that's kayfabe, baby. <laughs> but his gimmick was a little Indian, so they... Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Oklahoma. Yeah. The only reason I mentioned that is because we're, we're, we're from Oklahoma, if you didn't know. Yeah. So then Banjo Music accompanies Hillbilly Jim and his little buddies to the ring, and they do some square dancing once in the ring. Jim even does a cartwheel before the match starts. It's, it's tight. Uh, starting the match, Haiti Kid and Little Tokyo. 
they start running the ropes, and then Little Brook and Beaver join in when Little Brook and Tokyo end up running into each other. Yeah, I think... Uh, fun little story. Yeah, yeah. Ventura at one point says that they're going to need... Uh, this is a little fucked up. Uh, Aunt Jemima's spatula <laughs> to pick up uh, uh, little Haiti. Haiti and Beaver then do a double rowboat. Oh, this is spot of the night? It, it might be. <laughs> comedy spot of the night. Definitely the best but, comedy uh, spot. But yeah, the, the double rowboat is fun anyway, and it's always like pretty funny, but... It's Single it's, people do it's it. really funny. It makes it even uh, yeah, when when midgets do it. So little beavers on the inside, and he goes over and hits Bundy on the outside with an elbow to the stomach, which I'm sure devastated like, Bundy. Devastated Bundy. Yeah. And then a drop kick in the ring that does nothing before running to tag Hillbilly Jim in. Hillbilly Jim then hits a clothesline that looked super stiff before a big elbow drop. Jim goes for the cover, and his little buddies run in to pile on top. Yeah, it's it's fun. It, it's like classic. I don't ever... They used to do that in... The first time I think I ever saw that was in New Japan. It was one of like the pre-show match for a Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah? They had little people? No, it wasn't oh. a little people thing, but it was like you could pin or throw people over the top rope oh, okay. um, in this match. So they did the, like, so, they did the, they did the pile on spot. So like literally when people went to, or a dog pile is a spot. That's what when they went for. to uh, cover someone, instead of people like trying to like break up the pin, yeah. everybody would just Jump. cover on top. So they're like, we just one less guy. Yeah. One less guy. Exactly. That kind of, that's so fun. I like that. Exactly. Bundy then has Jim in a front face lock. When Beaver comes into the ring and slaps Bundy with his moccasin. He's like he's wearing like house shoes. They are like yeah. he's they're like booties, which sounds really shitty because he's a little person. But like he seriously looks like he's got like socks on or like hospital <laughs> hospital socks on. Bundy then hits an avalanche splash on Jim in the corner, and then Beaver comes back and starts throwing punches at Bundy. When King Kong picks Beaver up for the body slam, Bundy then drops an elbow right onto Beaver, and the bell rings. And Bundy is disqualified. Because <laughs> they say earlier in the match that it's only LP versus LP and uh, BB, which stands for Big Boy versus Big Boy. Exactly. <laughs> Bundy and Hillbilly Jim were not allowed to uh, yeah, fight the, fight the, the little yeah, people. Yeah. Which makes total sense. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, what does WWE do? Like Mix Max Challenge or whatever? It's like, yeah. yeah. Women versus women. Yeah, women versus, versus men. men. Little Unless guys versus little guys. You know. So post-match, Bundy is about to go for another big splash on Beaver when all the little people, and when I say all the little people, I mean even Bundy's teammates, (laughs) help grab Beaver out of harm's way. Which rules. And by the way, this was Beaver's last match. Yeah, he doesn't live much longer, does he? Because of a back injury caused by the Bundy splash. Dude, I hope Vince fucking gave him some money. He's known to do that. I mean, it was his last match. He still hung around and was like a manager, and I think he still took some more bumps at times. Yeah. This was his last official match. There's one of these guys that I think passed away pretty soon after this, but I think these guys are older than we think they are as well. Uh, they were all pretty old. Yeah, yeah. But I think one of them like died, like passes like before 1990 or something, and it's Probably. like, oh, damn, it's a bummer. So then we head to the back. Mary Hart's there, and she wants a word with Miss Elizabeth, and as she... She's trying to talk to her. Macho Man Randy Savage shows up. 
it's so good. But Mary's like, I don't really have any questions for you, Randy. I yeah. want to talk to Elizabeth. I love um, Macho, like, always talks to the microphone and not the camera. Like, yeah. whenever he's, like, talking to somebody, he's talking yeah. to them. When he's talking to the greater world or the, you know, the opponent, he's talking to the to camera. The, but, like, when he's talking to them, he's looking at them. So, like, he'll cut a promo, like, on somebody to their face and you get their back. Which, like, Heenan does as well. But Randy's just so intense that it, it makes a little bit, I don't know, it works better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I need to work on mine because I don't have one. And then after they leave, Mary Hart mentions that Macho is a real charm. We then go to a video package about Harley Race and Michael's favorite wrestler, J.Y.D. In the package, Race says, everyone should bow to me in servitude. Which, continue. I have some things to say about this. J.Y.D. comes back and says, this country had no king, no queen, and the only person I should bow down to is the good lord above. Oh, taking some uh, some uh, Hogan cues. Exactly. <laughs> JYD uh, in a shows a highlight of JYD putting Race's crown, crown and robe on. on. Yeah. And then it shows JYD beating up Heenan and when Race comes off the top rope with an elbow to the shoulder. And then Heenan's holding JYD and Re- and they're trying to force the dog to bow. We're then back in the back. Harley Race, Bobby Heenan, and the fabulous Moolah are there with Mean Gene. God, I didn't realize how old Moolah was because I remember like Attitude Era, her being around, and she was old. But old, but here I'm like, like she's like she's already old. She's already like fifty or something, right? Yeah, at least in her forties. I don't know, but yeah, I was like, okay. But Bobby Heenan's all I'm of the King tonight. They give Moolah some lines to say. Could she be any less enthusiastic about saying those lines? I mean, I don't think that she could. I, I don't think so either. It was very scripted and just like, read uh, this. They didn't, they didn't cut promos in 1937. Exactly. <laughs> Heenan tells Moolah to put the crown on the queen of wrestling can do. Also, uh, Harley Race is looking thick. He is uh, like dad bod squared. Go out to the announcers. Euchre bells on the announcers so he can go see Moolah. I know that's he's all like, oh uh. yeah. That's I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, what about the Federettes, Euch? <laughs> he's got yeah. Miss Elizabeth Euch. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, but he doesn't want to get beat up. That's true. I mean, Martin's gonna take care of him. And then Mean Jeans with junkyard junkyard dog in the back, and he asks, which just as sure as a black in the, <laughs> in the day's day. sun. <laughs> it's like okay. Uh, sure. But the the idea of this is that JYD's like, you're not the king. I'm not going to bow to you or whatever. But he is the king because he won the king of the ring. So, like, Very the true. argument makes no sense, and it's a bad storyline. And I love you, JYD, and it probably wasn't your idea. Cause, but uh, it's like, oh, like, it seems like not the best motivation. I'm sure we'll find plenty of worse ones as time goes on. But I was like, oh. It's like, no, but he is the king of the ring. Next year, maybe you should win king of the ring and then wear the I mean, cool he hat. technically did win the precursor to the king of the ring. Oh, yeah? The wrestling classic. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't watch the king because king of the ring was like on it TV or whatever. It was uh, just a TV yeah. tournament or yeah. a house show tournament. It wasn't a... Oh, it wasn't even taped? I, I don't... It, it, yeah. No clue. Who knows? So then we got our fourth match. Somebody knows, of course. I mean, <laughs> we just don't know at yeah. the moment. 
Harley Race with Bobby Heenan and Fabulous Moolah versus Junkyard Dog. With nobody, because he doesn't need anybody. In a loser must bow match. So the story behind the match was Harley Race had won the first King of the Ring tournament and began referring to himself as King Harley Race. He would like force, you should. He would force his opponents to bow and kneel to him after he had defeated them. JYD protested this self-proclaimed monarchy and stated there would never be a complete ruler in the WWF. Then as seen in the video, Race and Heenan tried to make JYD bow after a Saturday night main event match, which would set the stage for this matchup. And then it was time to grab, grab them, them kicks. kicks. As JYD uh, comes to the ring. We're never going to get to play that song again. Probably not. Just play it underneath. This we might be the play last it, play time. Play it like a, this like, might be the last time we mention John <laughs> Play, yeah. Don't say that to me. Play it like low, maybe low while we talk about this match. You definitely probably won't get through the whole song, but <laughs> probably not. Just real lightly. So early on, Heenan grabs JYD's leg, and the dog jumps out of the ring to chase Bobby. Heenan gets into the ring, but when JYD follows, Race stomps him to take control. And Race then goes for a diving headbutt from the apron that JYD moves and Harley face plants. <sighs> Fucking rough. JYD has Race like he's going to give him a powerbomb, but instead just stomps, which Race sells with a 360 degree over the top rope and face plants on the apron again. Race then goes for another falling headbutt, hits it, but it does more damage to Race than JYD. Because, you know, JYD has a hard noggin. Also, Race already took a couple to the skull. It's like his favorite move is his falling headbutt. Yeah, I mean, I wish this was a headbutt versus headbutt match where the only move they could do was a headbutt and who, whoever didn't believe first, that'd be an NWA match, obviously. I <laughs> like, mean, whoever, like, bled first than, lost. Like, other than, like, the stomp that JYD does on him, I feel like that's the only moves that they really did in this match was headbutts. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot. There's not, there's not a whole lot going on here, guys. JYD tosses Race to the turnbuckle when he flips over to the floor. And once Harley rolls back in the ring, we get some doggy-style headbutts. Oh, yeah. He then jumps on the apron, which distracts JYD. And right as JYD turns around, he turns into a belly-to-belly suplex from Race for the pin and the win. Even though it looked like JYD kicked out. He might have just... He was just excited. There's 90,000 people He's like, there. sweet. I get to bow. <laughs> yeah. So post-match, Heenan puts the robe on race, and he sits down on a chair. JYD bows. Did and he actually bow? He actually does that. bow. JYD, don't do I that. mean, he doesn't get like on his knee and like do the whole... that. But he yeah. does like a Japanese bow. That yeah, kind of yeah. No, no foot kissing. And race like jumps up out of the chair and begins to celebrate in the ring. JYD grabs the chair... And crowns race with it. See what I did? Hey, that's good. And then the dog grabs the robe and puts it on as he leaves ringside. Okay. It's been a minute, uh, so I forgot. But uh, justice, justice for the dog, even though he was kind of wrong in the first place. Harley Race is kind of one. It's kind of a bummer that like a match like that a few years ago would have been huge because like Junkyard Dog in Mid South was like the top guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, Harley Race was, like, NWA champion for, like, 100 years. Granted, neither of them are in the best shape. But, like, 80s. you can tell the crowd is hot for this because, like, they know and love these guys. Yeah, even know. though they don't do a whole lot. I wouldn't. I would say the most impressive thing in this that happens in this match is that Harley Race's fat ass actually falls off of 
the fucking thing to take his head to the mat. Take those face plants. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, like, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. you didn't have to do that, Harley. Yeah, I think that it's kind of a bummer that this could, like, a couple years ago, this could have been, like, the craziest, hottest match, and then here, it's not very well, like, booked, and not very well worked, like, it's just, no. it's like, yeah, it's fine if you're a a fan, but it's also a bummer if you're a fan of either of these guys at the same time. Exactly. It's not the worst. It's definitely not the best. It is what it is. So then we get Vince McMahon in the back with Hulk Hogan, and Vince goes, you're just an hour away from your destiny. But there's like two hours left on this show. <laughs> and then Hogan goes, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, you know, the, and yeah, the normal the whole Hogan. Thing, the I, can't, I, I wish I would have wrote it. Maybe I did write it down. I don't know. But there's a whole, like, something about politicians and, like, p- pollution, and it was very bizarre. And he really doesn't say much of anything. Does Hogan ever really say much of anything? A little bit more than, like, Warrior, but we haven't got there yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at this point, like, you know, he's full uh, Coke Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go to Mean Gene, who's in the back with Dream Team. Oh, if they, I do have it. Oh, what do you have? What does he say? I don't know how to do a hook. If the dirty hair don't get you, the politicians will. Which, like, I don't know. I guess, does that just mean, like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't? So. Like, Pretty much. Yeah. So, I just, it stuck out. So then we got Mean Gene in the back with the Dream Team, Johnny Valiant, and Dino Bravo. And then, I guess I had the question, why do they need another man in the corner? Why, why is Dino Bravo there? It uh, may, I didn't understand. I don't know. I have, I have a question later that for for another match with the same dynamic which I would have liked to see that even less in than I want to see it in this one and then Valiant and Bravo speak in French are like cool good for the French audience I guess I have no clue what they're saying considering like yeah but the Rougeau brothers they should have been the ones doing that right is that a dig on them I think so so then we head to our fifth match the Rougeau brothers, which is Jacques and Raymond Rougeau, versus the Dream Team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine, with Johnny Valiant and Dino Bravo in their corner. Match starts off. Raymond hits a Brutus. Hits a Brutus. Hits a, yeah. He, uh, the Brutai, which they call him a lot, and I really like Brutai. Uh, they hit him with an atomic drop, and then the Rougeaus with stereo drop kicks. The Rougeaus are getting lots of quick tags. Oh, yeah, they are. and outs. Yeah, it's like, it's it's the way a, a, a tag team should work. Exactly. It was very pretty. Uh, Jacques misses a crossbody off the second rope, and the Dream Team takes control of the match. Heenan then joins the announce table at this point, which, I don't know if I have a note about it later, but he was super annoying, actually, on the announce table, completely underselling this match. Because he yeah. was talking more about his guys. Well, it's... Is this the one? Which I know that's what Heenan does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's you're supposed to. You're supposed to hate him. But at the same time, it's like you're taking away from this match that's happening right now, and basically like making it. Is this the? Is this where? Important. Is this where he says that he's like two and zero because he doesn't count yes. midgets because he doesn't recognize midgets? Yeah. Which I like. I mean, that was it was genius, but it did. You know, you when Bobby Heenan is talking, you're paying attention to Bobby Heenan talking. Like, exactly. Like, I don't care, like, what's happening on the screen. That's why he's, like, the best manager of all time. So we see Valentine put the figure four on Jacques, but escapes by reaching the ropes. And then Valentine goes for a powerbomb, but Jacques reverses it into a back body drop. 
and then Valentine reverses that into a sunset flip, but he doesn't quite get Rougeau over, and Jacques punches him and makes the tag. Raymond then has Valentine in a sleeper when Brutus comes off the ropes with a double axe handle, but Rougeau moves and the hammer is hit. Raymond tosses Valentine into the corner where Jacques hits him, and then Raymond lifts Valentine, and Jacques goes crotch first into his face to take him down. Like he uh, lift him up like onto his shoulders, like a almost like a doomsday device type yeah. move. Raymond goes for the cover while Jacques confronts Brutus, and the ref is trying to get Brutus and Jacques out of the ring when Dino Bravo climbs up to the second rope. Comes off with a splash right on top of Raymond and Valentine, rolls Valentine over on top of Raymond, and then the ref finally turns around and we get the three count for the victory. Post-match then, Brutus goes to celebrate, but Valentine, Bravo, and Valiant have left him in the ring. There's like, okay, it's a face turn, obviously, but it's like the like sloppiest, least telegraphed like face turn, right? It, yeah, it's it doesn't like, make any sense. A, Why wouldn't you have the Rougeau brothers win... Because of something that Brutus, Brutus does, did. yeah, and that's why they. Turn it's just on like him. it's really sloppy. Like you could, I can't imagine what anybody was thinking while they were watching it, like live. Like Brutus gets kicked out because he came into the ring and allowed Dino Bravo to make the say. I was like, what? I don't know. I was like, I will sure. Foster uh, deserve the name Beefcake more than Brutus. No, he's a beef. The like. It's like the, the how his tights have like the sheer tights, and you mm. can like see some of his thighs. It's amazing. Thick thighs save lives. Yep. We then go to a video package of Roddy Piper and Adrian Adonis, and we see Adonis attacking Piper, who's being held by Bob Orton and Don Morocco, and Piper's destroying the flower shop set. Which the flower shop was that like Adrian Adonis's Piper's pit? Yes. And like, like literally, it was Piper's pit, and then Piper left. Um, well, yeah, because of injury and to go film. To, movies yeah, he was. He went to go to the movie because he did. Uh, they live at this time, or like right before this, right? I think this is right before. He oh, this is right before live. he lives. Yeah. Leaves for they live. Basically, Adonis took over. Yeah, the Piper but there was pit. a million shows like Piper's yeah. hit, honestly. But yeah, I like the flower shop. Yeah, I like the yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Hart, you see Jimmy Hart verbally attacking Piper when Roddy grabs him, but then Adonis shows up and starts hitting Piper with a crutch, and then slaps on a sleeper hold. And then during a match, Adonis sprays Piper with fragrance, and then the video goes to the WrestleMania 3 logo while audio is still going I was, on. I was thinking about this. Is it like a perfume thing? Because we talked about this before. Or is it like a pesticide thing for plants because of the flower shop? It's a perfume. But it's like real big, so it makes me think of like I know, a pesticide just, sprayer. But it has to be oversized, the so flower it makes shop more sense. makes me think that it, maybe it's for like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. Plant food. I don't know. I don't know technically. I know they call it fragrance. Oh, they do? Okay. Well, then you won, goddammit. Score! (laughs) Matt confirmed to AEW. (laughs) Uh, And then we see Piper doing a promo before the video package ends. Uh, Then we get Mean Gene in the back with Adrian Adonis. Adonis has hedge clippers with him. Oh my gosh. Foreshadowing? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure is. And I, I realize that he doesn't have as much makeup as usual. No, he's just kind of wearing like, kind of looks like a like a your grandma's like pink robe. <laughs> yeah, so and I'm like, like and then like pink tights. So I wonder if someone said something that was like, man, we might want to kind of tone that down. Just the drag, little. or maybe he was like, yo, I'm real tired of this fucking makeup. Yeah, maybe that's true. 
So then we get our sixth match. Adorable Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart versus Roddy Piper in a hair versus hair match. There is a story behind this match. They had dueling talk show segments, as yeah. we kind of talked about. Yeah, Adonis is, is uh, fucking biting on the pit, man. That's right. The attack with Orton in Morocco would injure Piper's leg, but then he would then return to destroy the flower shop set. And then at a Saturday night main event, Piper would hit Adonis with a crutch to, hit Adrian, to put Adrian on the injured list for a couple months. Adrian then showed up as Piper was attacking Jimmy Hart on a Piper's pit, and this match was set. Oh, when Piper uh, like chokes Jimmy Hart and like holds him up, yeah. And uh, Jimmy does he does an um, amazing, annoying Jimmy Hart sell, but like it looks great. Piper, everyone else is taking a cart to the ring. Piper runs out. Yeah, it rules. And come to find out, this is Piper's retirement match as well. Yeah. Well, they, they yeah they don't say that before this. They don't say it, like the announcers say it as he's running out. Uh huh. Yeah. You'd think that they would have sold that more, but. Yeah, because, like, wouldn't it be really nice? I wonder if that was, like, sold at all, because wouldn't that be a big deal to get, like, butts in seats? You would think like, so. Like, yeah, like, if I was, if I, was I lived in Michigan. Piper, if I was a huge like, Piper fan, even if even if I didn't like Piper, but I liked wrestling, and I lived in, like, Michigan, and they said it was a retirement match, I probably would buy that ticket a little I mean, bit quicker. I'm sure they probably sold it that way. more. Yeah, I mean, there's no... They just yeah. didn't ever put anything on, like, the official... Yeah. He's he's Roddy Piper, goddammit. So out on the uh, out around the ring is a table, and they have the clippers ready to go. Piper has a belt on, around like like a normal belt around his tights, and he ends up taking it off and starts whipping Adonis and choking Jimmy Hart at the beginning of this match. Oh, okay. And then Adonis recovers, hits Piper from behind, causing him to drop the belt. Adonis grabs it and starts whipping away at Piper. So did they say this was like a no DQ? Or is it just like hair versus hair is always no DQ because shit's on the line? But isn't something always on the line? Something's always on the line. Uh, we then get Piper Irish whipping Adonis who flips over the road. Flare flip. And then Roddy wants Adonis back in the ring and begins to drag him while Adrian is grabbing hold of Jimmy Hart, which brings him into the ring as well. And then we get Knocker. <laughs> I love him. And he tosses Hart into Adonis, which sends them both over the top rope. Piper has Adonis back in the ring and throws him to the opposite turnbuckle. When Jimmy climbs to the top rope and Piper press slams Hart into Adrian. Adonis then throws Piper into the ropes, but Hart trips him up. On the outside, Adonis slaps, slams Piper's head into the timekeeper's table and then Hart delivers a shot of his own. Cheap shot. This is what girls yeah. call it. It's Jimmy Hart. It's always a cheap shot. That's right. Piper and Adonis are in the ring when Hart jumps up on the apron and sprays Roddy with fragrance, which allows Adrian to lock on the sleeper. Now, is it fragrance or is it DDT? Not the move, but you know. <laughs> that thing that caused Candles kids in the 50s. So the sleeper's on and the ref is raising Piper's arm once, twice, and then Adonis thinks he has won, so he bold and begins celebrating with heart. Brutus Beefcake then runs and starts slapping Piper to wake him up. Our new, our fresh, our fresh new. Roddy clothesline heart as over. fresh as a as a summer haircut. Exactly. <laughs> and Adonis goes to hit Piper with the shears, but misses, hits the ropes, and then yeah, Piper locks on the sleeper, <clears throat> and Adonis is out. 
It comes back into the ring with the shears and the clippers and begins to shave Adonis. Just where he becomes the barber. This is where he gets the name of Barber and the culmination of his face turn. Piper then grabs the mirror so Adonis can see himself. Adonis hits the mirror and starts chasing Piper around the ring. And as Piper's celebrating, a fan jumps in the ring. Yeah, that was crazy. I was not ready for that. Gives Roddy a hug before being tackled by security. Yeah. Which I was actually kind of surprised that Roddy didn't like. I mean, what's himself. that guy gonna do? If I can beat up Roddy Piper, there to beat him up. He was no, there no, but like, like yeah, no, he's not gonna hurt him. That's a, that's pretty awesome. That like, that at this point in time, I mean, there's ninety thousand people there. It's, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, we we just learned it, so that's why I question like, was it a thing at all? And what's crazy is like the if the Brutus thing from the, was done well, that would have been cool. Face turn. What him showing up on the same show to do some face shit after he turns face is. Too muddy and crazy. It's it like didn't make what? any sense though. That was no, the thing. not at so, all. It's like it's like they could have like this face turn at WrestleMania. It's fine if it's sloppy. If you go back to TV and you like, you know, build it up or make up. And, oh well, we were having issues. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Or he's like, I'm seeing what I was that I was on the wrong team. Make up whatever. It's wrestling. But then if he could have beef with Adonis or a friendship with Piper between then and like an, another match if it just was spread apart it could have been good but instead it's just like we're gonna turn them face and we're gonna do it tonight <laughs> and then they did in all in one but i mean it's our first it's our first turn that we've seen in any of these shows and it's yeah. our first turn that we've really seen that's good though that means that they're not like you know like we have i mean we've seen people be different than previous shows but we've yeah i've seen, seen them like a turn like a full show yeah so so we then go to gorilla Mary Hart and Bob Euchre. And Mary Hart mentions that... Hey, the celebrities here are so much better than the previous WrestleManias. Uh, like, Hart's not that bad. Well, I mean, she was inter- she was on Entertainment Tonight at this yeah, point. That's so a good point. It was kind of, it's kind of like with Elvira. She, she was better. She was quick on her feet yeah. and knew... Yeah. She was very professional in that, in that yeah. spot. So. But yeah, Mary Hart wasn't, wasn't not bad. Plus, they limited it. They limited Euchre and Hart. And there's also less There's small. less celebrities on this show, which is good, because Vince finally realized that... The real superstars are the wrestlers. Yeah. They're the important part. Exactly. We don't need Mr. T. It's kind of cool for a second. As you noticed, I didn't mention Jesse in the, in the announced booth, because he has made his way to the ring. Why is he there? I don't know. Me? Oh, no, I know. Because they're like, oh, yeah. Go watch The Predator next month. <laughs> and that's the only reason he goes down there, right? Did they actually say something about The Predator? I, they, they do say something about The Predator. Maybe it was on maybe it was on commentary, but like he goes down to the ring and basically does nothing. But then He literally gets in the ring, they announce him, and then he just stands there while the next match gets in the ring. Well, and, maybe, then, yeah. and then he leaves. Maybe he just went down there and then... Uh, I don't remember who it is, but... If, but yeah, the, they do... There is a Predator spot in here where they're like, oh... You know, okay. They say that he's gonna star with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Predator coming out June sixth. But before uh, the uh, match starts, uh, they did cut back to Mean Gene in the back with the Hart Foundation, Jimmy Hart, and Danny Davis. Which Danny Davis is the guy that was a ref. Yes. And he took us. He says, "I guess he decided he was gonna wrestle for a second. Oh, it's part of the story behind this match. Okay, bring it on, bud. So the seventh match of this evening. The Hart Foundation, which is Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, with Jimmy Hart. There's a lots of lots of hearts there. 
and Danny Davis versus the British Bulldogs of Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. And of course, they brought their mascot Matilda with them. Is Matilda uh, the real star of every show that she's on? I believe so. I yeah. Matilda and rules. Tito Santana is on that team in a six-man tag match. And the story behind this match was that earlier in the year, the Bulldogs had lost the tag titles to the Hart Foundation during a match in which Danny Davis was the referee, and he had allowed the use of illegal double-team maneuvers. It's a tag match. You can't get around that, Daniel. And they were able to add Tito to this match because they went back and were like, oh, who was the ref when Tito lost the Intercontinental title to Macho Man? That's a lot. Oh, it was Danny Davis. They're like, how do we get Tito on this show? Exactly. And Danny Davis happened to be the ref in that match. And Danny Davis is like... I could probably take a bump. Exactly. <laughs> they taught him how to flat back bump. So the British Bulldogs are headed to the ring. As soon as they get in the ring, uh, David Boy Smith has Matilda on a leash. And Matilda like literally goes straight after Jimmy Hart. How, like how smart was that dog? Or is Jimmy Hart just that hateable? What did they do to, like, did, did Jimmy Hart have, like... Bacon in his pocket. Bacon in his pocket or something? <laughs> yeah, like, like... Or maybe Jimmy, maybe Jimmy Hart owned the dog. And the dog was just scared and was like, ah. <laughs> But at the beginning, Mayhem breaks loose, where the Bulldogs and Santana clear the ring before the bell even rings. Ventura then just is casually standing on the apron while all of this is happening. And then Matilda and Ventura disappear. Um, Ventura is just a, he's a softy in his heart, and he's just going to hold on to Matilda for a while. Or did he... Dognap. I don't know. I guess we'll find out later. I would love to see uh, a Ventura storyline story yeah. with a dog napping. Where's our uh, WrestleMania for um, Ventura versus a uh, Predator in a like first blood match <laughs> or something? Is his tag partner Carl Weathers? Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's great. And it's what the Predator doesn't need a tag partner because it's a Predator, right? It's a Predator. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not tagging with uh, an alien. So then we get Davy Boy hitting the double noggin knocker on the Heart Foundation. Every time that Dynamite Kid is about to hit a big move on Brett, Nightheart runs in and hits Dynamite from behind. Like a good tag? Bro. Exactly. Uh, the Foundation's lots of double team maneuvers. Danny Davis is finally tagged in, hits a couple shots, but tags out before Dynamite Kid is able to get up multiple times. We see Dynamite Kid down, and the Foundation tags Davis back in, and they do... And they like do a sing, slingshot splash, but the kid gets his knees up. We got a hot tag. Tito's in, unloading on Danny Davis, knocking the foundation off the apron, flying forearm on Davis. And then he goes for the figure four, but Nightheart is recovered and knocks Tito down. Including a tombstone pile driver. Oh, it's beautiful. Where Davis's head looks to have hit, hit way before the knees by Davy Boy. Followed by a vertical suplex. <laughs> I know, it's like insult to injury. And a power slam, right? And then the running power slam by Davy Boy, but the pin attempts broken up by Nightheart. Pandemonium breaking out. Tito hits a flying forearm on Nightheart. Hart knocks Tito out of the ring. Danny Davis hits Davy Boy around. Like, it's kind of hard to see if you're not paying attention. Because yeah. lots of lots of stuff going on. On Brett in the corner. Davis goes for the cover. And the rep, but the ref is dealing with Hart and Kid at the three count for the win for the Hart Foundation. There's uh like when 
Jimmy Hart is, or not Jimmy Hart, Ventura is holding Matilda. I just want a t-shirt with him holding Matilda. That's is all. That, is that just, that's, uh, that's our, our next our, t-shirt? Yeah, on ProWrestlingTees.com. Along with our <laughs> the Keith, joke. Keith Larson fan club. Oh, yeah. Our body, the bad, and oh. the debutante. <laughs> yes. And then uh, the what Mary Hart at one point says uh, that she is not really makes sure because she does not like him at all. Does not like who who does like Jimmy Hart? Nobody. That's why he's good at what he does. That's right. I love the Tito Pop because it was big. What we had was a okay match. And you know what we could have had? We could have had the Hart Foundation British Bulldogs. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this was this match was designed to help. It. Danny yeah, Davis over it's like, a I, bit. I get it, but Danny Davis doesn't need to get over because all he goes in there and like stomp and like. Exactly. Uh, it, well, yeah, it was good, but kind of disappointing because you know what they could have done. Exactly. What the what those all what those four you know guys are capable of. I mean, you know, technically five. Tito's thrown in there, but Tito, you know, Tito's a great worker. He's not. He's getting up there in the age. Yeah, right? he's he's like you know these guys are the next generation. Gene. Uh, Bobby says that Andre is the most extraordinary athlete of all time. And also mentions that the Giant is undefeated for in 15, 15 years. <laughs> Which, I, I read yeah. I read some stuff, and he had technically lost matches. Yeah. Because there, there was a match against Antonio Inoki over in Japan that, it, that the thing is, been like, back, back then, like, in Japan doesn't count. Because, like... Japan but K-Fabe is different. In WWF, yeah, he had never been pinned. Also, mad and annoyed that he's gonna have to do the job later. Well, actually, I was like, does Andre move at all? No, he's, during this entire, yeah, he does not look happy. I don't, to I don't be even there. think he blinks. Yeah, he's he's in a different place, I guess. So we head off to our eighth match: the Natural Butch Reed with Slick versus Coco Beware. Now we've not seen any of these characters before no i guess we have i thought maybe we saw butchery but i guess not uh but slick is new and coco is definitely new so Coco uh, beware. tell me how you feel about that bird well coco beware is a wwe hall of famer (laughs) Uh, how do i feel about that bird it's a macaw what do they call it frankie well i know that because uh they're gonna make frankie soup (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think Jesse says something about that. But do they sell it as a different kind of bird? I don't know shit about birds. It's it's a it's called a macaw. It's, it's not a parrot. It's a macaw. But do they call it a parrot in the show? I... They just call it Frankie. No, I, think, I think they call it Frankie the macaw. Okay. Coco Beware has one of the coolest entrance music theme songs, so I got to point it out. He comes out to more stay in the times. The bird. Oh, okay. I I don't have a note. Got to point out the Morris Day and the Times. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because why not? They're a great band. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Because this is my first Coco match. I know Coco because he's got a goddamn bird and he looks Coco, cool as hell. Also, I've seen Beyond the Mat. <laughs> like how Coco is a WWE Hall of Famer? Because spoiler alert, he is basically a. Jobber with a gimmick. Jobber. Yeah. A jobber with a gimmick. That is literally what Coco Beware is. Yeah, but he's so he's cool. He is cool. All you have, sometimes all you have to do is be cool. Look at my JYD love. Brooklyn Brawl. So uh Slick. Got a fun little note about him. He's the son of Rufus R. Jones. Oh, really? Yeah, who we saw back in yeah. Starcade eighty three. Slick episode yeah. one. So the match starts. 
Coco gives a drop kick, sending Reed over the top rope. And then uh, Coco does a cartwheel in the ring. But Reed takes control after Coco drops his head after an Irish whip. We see a small package by Ware, but only a two count. I like the Ware. I, mean, yeah, I like how you went with Ware instead of Coco. Coco does a high crossbody, but momentum carries them over for Reed to be on top, grabs a handful of tights for the pin and the win. This match uh, barely happened because I did not remember it all. We've had a few of these kind of matches where we yeah. had like the debuting, the debuting guy for WWF with a glorified job, like the Dick yeah. Slater match at the a big event, the Jake the Snake Roberts match at WrestleMania two. Sure, Coco was a bigger name, but this is basically yeah. designed to be a squash match for Butch Reed yeah. to be to like boost him up. And it's accused for uh, Jesse Ventura to say some real not-so-cool stuff that I've got right here. It says that uh, Slick uh, is dressed like uh, he's ready for a night in uh, Detroit. <laughs> uh, well, that's good, because yeah. he's in Detroit. Yeah, he's great. Might as well be there. Jesse also says that the B in uh, Coco Beware stands for buckwheat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, yeah. To my, my notes how, how, did, how did politicians not just, like, find, yeah. like, run these lines from WWF shows yeah. as against him during his political and then he, career. Like, and then he makes something he makes a, a like a, a something about have him having a brother named Stymie and I think that Jesse wears a buckwheat t-shirt in a later so maybe he just really likes the Little Rascals but I'm pretty sure I've seen Jesse in a buckwheat t-shirt who doesn't like Little Rascals? I mean yeah it's, it's, good, it's good shit yeah, and then uh, this they do in this match. One of the greatest parts about this match is the where they're like, oh, like Frankie's pissed or upset or whatever, uh, and they do like a parrot shot, and it's like a shot from yes. like it's like an over the shoulder parrot shot, like at the ring, and it fucking rules. Which reminds me that one of the things that I really enjoyed about this show was that the show starts with like I believe shoulder shot from announcers, which happens pretty often, but there's a few throughout the show where it's like. From the crowd point of view, mm-hmm. is that this show? Uh, there's a few. Yeah, but I really like the the crowd. But just the you know the like fan point of view shot is a a real nice thing to like pepper throughout it, and it just makes it feel bigger. But yeah, what happened in this match again? <laughs> Not much. Yeah. The post match, Coco does hit Reed with a big right hand that sends him out to the floor. Uh, Slick then starts hitting Coco with his cane until Tito Santana shows up. And Santana starts stripping Slick until he can escape out of the ring. Reed then climbs back in the ring. Joe and Coco give Butch stereo drop kicks. Package on Steamboat and Savage. Savage hits a double axe handle to the outside where Steamboat was draped over a guardrail. And Savage comes off the top rope with the timekeepers. And then Ricky, you see Ricky stretchered out from the ring. Well, like, I mean, yeah, he like, but he he drops it like looks. It's it's yeah. great and like. This match has the best story. And then we get an interview with a doctor who's amazed by the recovery by Steamboat from a crushed ex. Mm-hmm. And then you see George the Animal Steals shown kidnapping Miss Elizabeth, and then Steamboat shows up to attack Macho Man to prevent him from uh, attacking Steel the same way that he attacked Steamboat. We then get a Macho Man promo. Oh, yeah! It's so good. Gonna put you out of wrestling forever. We think it says like so. The George the Animal thing. Back to before we start. Sorry, I cut you off. 
No, you're fine. Well, the George the he only saved George because George is going to be attacked the same way he was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We can go to uh, Ricky Steamboat's in the back with Mean Gene, and Steamboat goes the minutes, the seconds. We have finally reached our moment. Yeah, he's in his. This possibly is the best promo Steamboat's ever. Given. And it's it's not it's good, but after the Randy one, it's not so good. Oh no! But like, it's better than you know a lot of promos. He does do a thing where it's like kind of like earlier in the night where Hercules was like actually Hercules. <laughs> At least he, he acts like he was. It was it was it was definitely uh, a good promo. He's up. Who's a, who's a better promo than Macho Man? Ric Flair. Dusty Rhodes. You think they're better? All, they're, they're all. Right. Yeah, I guess. They're, I guess. I guess they're I mean, they're, they're all, all top tier, so I guess it becomes you know personal choice. Yeah. Austin, maybe. Okay. Maybe how, not. How about how about this this time period? I don't know. It's up there. Yeah. He's definitely up there in he's, top he's, top he's, ten he's, promos of all time. He, yeah. Our ninth match: Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth versus Ricky the Dragon Steam Metal Steel in his corner. For the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Almost the story behind this match in the video. Savage brutally injured Steamboat. And then Steamboat returned to prevent Steel from being injured as bad as he was at the hands of Savage. Yeah. The thing that I was trying not to cut you off is like, why? Like, that Steel's obsessed with Elizabeth, which is like part of this story. But shouldn't they have dropped that storyline after WrestleMania 2? Because if he's saving Steel because... He was going to hurt him the same way that, you know, he got hurt. And, you know, granted, like, Steel's obviously a, a crazy man. Like, you know, he's his, like, gimmick that he went out there to help the, the the disenfranchised or whatever. At this point, he's, like, helping a guy that's trying to kidnap a woman. Even if people don't think she should be with Savage because he's overbearing and all of that. But, like, at the same time, like, George Animal is, like, really creepy. So it's weird that the combination of, like, the pure baby of steamboat so i was like and i loved the work that george did here it's just kind of weird and Agreed. a little unnecessary i mean i, I feel like he's almost, like well he has a valet so i guess that ricky needs a valet i can almost see it as almost a get him on the show w, well wwf issue that they didn't have enough good baby face mid carters that were over yeah because who is Savage supposed to be facing while Steamboat was out? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And so they, Steel was still kind of over, so they were like, okay, yeah. so. I'm all like, this is all like Devil's Advocate, because, uh, like, spoiler alert. Because obviously, Woo, this is like, good shit. This is WrestleMania 3. By the time, in a couple episodes, we're going to get to Survivor Series. By the time we get to that show, there are multiple babyface title contenders. Yeah, for the IC belt. So there's a there's a healthy mid card title picture. So, but at this time, I really feel like maybe they were lacking in the in the mid card title contenders. Yeah. So we're we're building Coco by burying him on exactly. WrestleMania three. I mean, in a, a bad match. So champion was announced first in Macho Man. Foreshadowing. And of course, Elizabeth ends up in the wrong place, as she always does, so Macho Man makes sure to grab her and move her, move her to yeah. the right spot. It's it's so goddamn good. Yeah. It's like they found like the 
like the prettiest nicest looking lady on the planet and then had like the most intense guy who fucking believes everything that he does just oh it's 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 beautiful so then we get match kind of match starts we get those beautiful arm drags by steamboat to start us off uh, Savage tosses Ricky over the turnbuckle all the way to the ground, and Savage just keeps kind of going after the throat. Oh yeah, perfect psychology. To the this thing match. that's what's so good is that like you didn't have to. It's already well known, I guess, but I mean that's how it always is when people tend to sell a limb. But like this one was just so he hit him with a fucking bell before. Yeah. So like yeah, so like, of course he's gonna go for the goddamn throat. Uh, Savage's arms end up getting tangled up in the ropes, and Steamboat is pounding on Roundy. Savage uh, Irish whips Ricky, but Steamboat comes off with a high crossbody for the two count. Savage then hits a knee to the back and tosses Steamboat over the top rope, but Ricky hangs on, skins the cat, yeah. pulls himself back up and over. Is that called, it's, is skin the cat the correct? That's what they call uh, it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it, I've heard it for sure, but like, they do this more often back then. I would love to see that in like a Desperado match or something. They do it some some yeah but, but I, I guess I it's think, also I, I think it was it's been out kind of overplayed especially in royal rumbles yeah through the years so but yeah i'm talking about like good shit though yeah. not royal rumbles it's also nice to see a royal big guy rumbles do it i know that's your favorite pay-per-views but it's like as soon as he pulls himself back over savage clotheslines immediately right back over the rope we get another knee to the back with a Pearl Harbor attack by Savage on the floor, which sends Ricky over the timekeeper's table and In, the guardrail. Into the chairs, yeah. Over the guardrail, too. Stills helping Ricky back to his feet and back into the ring, where Macho Man immediately tosses Steamboat over the top rope again. Savage hits the top rope double axe handle to the outside and then tosses Steamboat into the ring and delivers another top rope double axe handle. Lots of two counts after using the top rope as a clothesline, an atomic drop, a suplex, a gut wrench suplex by Savage. Uh, Savage hits another atomic drop attempt, or goes for another atomic drop attempt, but Ricky floats over this time and starts to give karate chops to Macho Man. You know, these guys are selling for each other. Exactly. Like, fucking crazy. Yeah. They're like, they're already stars, and all they're doing is pushing each other up in like a, in a beautiful thing. It should. Mm-hmm. Savage then goes to clothesline Ricky on the ropes, but Steamboat back body drops Savage over and out to the floor. Ricky Macho Man's head into the apron and goes to the top rope to deliver a leaping karate chop to the head of Savage, where he had to jump over the ref to reach him. Steamboat then covers the three count, but no! The ref sees the foot on the ropes and calls... It's like I was watching it and I got caught up in this shit. Not because this match fucking rules. Because uh, it does. But also, like, it's just, it's like the right, it's a, gr- it's a good camera angle for that kind of move. Steamboat ends up giving some more chops. And we'll fight with Steamboat on the apron. Ricky goes for the sunset flip, but only a two count. We get a small verse double leg hook, another small package, all two counts for Steamboat. Scoop slam, slingshot onto the steel post. Another roll up by Ricky. Still just a two count. How, like, is there like 40 fucking pinfalls in this match? I think I saw the number at 17. Okay, if you, I mean, like, I was exaggerating, but it's a shitload. Yeah, there's it's a ton. Great. There's tons. Savage into the ropes and pulls him over for another roll-up, two count. Savage then reverses for a roll-up, two count, and the kick out. 
Savage pulls Steamboat's tights, descending into the still post shoulder. The Irish whip, but Steamboat reverses, and then Savage reverses it, and sends Steamboat into the ref. Ref bump. Macho hits the flying elbow drop, but the ref is still out. Savage goes to the outside, grabs the timekeeper's bell, and goes to climb to the top rope. But George the Animal Steel is there to grab the bell away. Savage kicks Steel and grabs the bell back, goes to the top rope, but this time Steel ends up pushing Macho Man off of the ring. Macho Man gets up, goes to sc- scoop slam Ricky, but Steamboat... And, and the win! Oh. And, and new. new! This match is so good. Uh, I've watched this, like, you came over earlier, and I was watching it for, like, the third time that was not the first time. So the fourth time. Fourth time since, uh, since I watched it. So the fourth, like, including, like, yeah, so three times since I watched WrestleMania 3. But the thing is, is, like, the animal stuff that I was complaining about before we got into this does pay off in that, like, both men are still put on... Easily the best match we've watched so far. Episode 11 this is definitely the best match we've ever uh, we've seen so far. And top of that, they're both sold hard for each other. They both look strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And like, you know, there was enough, like, Randy still does the runaway heel stuff. And Randy's bigger than him, but his heel tactics are negated by, like, you know, why he would have won with heel tactics is negated by... Uh, Steel, you know, having an obsession with Elizabeth and uh, also, I guess, Randy tried to hit him with a bell. So that's the other connection. I mean, that just continues the story. That's the connection. It's like, they already had this, they probably already had the Steel, like, storyline with her be, him being obsessed with Elizabeth. And then they were like, okay, well, you know, what if we combine this and he hits him with a bell a few weeks before WrestleMania 3? And like I said, that that was unnecessary, but in the finish of this match, I take it all back. I'm yeah. so, I take it all back because Steel played his part, but didn't take over. Didn't take away from. Yeah, what was I happening. mean he was more present than Elizabeth because we don't want to see Elizabeth get slammed. She no. would break like the fuck, like, goddamn toothpick. But but yeah, Steel Steel's a great fucking actor. So then we go to the back. Mean Gene's there with Jake the Snake Roberts and Alex. Not the first concert I ever went to, but I moved to Oklahoma in like fifth grade. And the first concert I went to in Oklahoma was like the Coca-Cola Bricktown. I don't get in there anymore. I think it's just a place for proms now. But uh, it's just like, you know, a standing venue. Yeah. 800,000 cap. But uh, I wasn't super into Alice Cooper, but I was like, yo, dad, concert. And it was pretty great. I had a really disgusting, like, late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like, it's basically like a photo, but a screen print. So it's like a little bit too detailed, cartoony. But, you know, he cut his own head off. It was cool. And while there, uh, we see a video of Honky Tonk Man busting a guitar over Robert's head during a snake pit segment. Also, it's crazy that I feel like this is before the, like, gimmick balsa wood guitars. Well. Or is that one? Is, or is it like. This is, is it, the, this is the thing. Okay. It was supposed to be a gimmick guitar. Yeah. And the rumors are is that Honky Tonk Man grabbed a real guitar. But, I mean. And. You're like this maliciously, is, or is this from the? It's the, and supposedly this is what legitimately injured Roberts and caused him down the, the pain pill thing. The pain yeah. pill, yeah, 
thing. Yeah, I've, that's what I've heard. But it, when you see it break, it does look like a real guitar. It looks like a real guitar. It, like, it, like, it's not like your, you it know, literally it's not your powder Jeff times. Jarrett like fucking guitar. Yeah. After that, Mean, Gene, mean Gene's with Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Uh, Honky Tonk Man says he's going to sing and dance for everyone. Do you know the words to the Honky, Mon- Honky Tonk Man song? I do not. Oh, fuck. I'll, I'll continue. I will look them up, but they're amazing. So then we head to our 10th match. We got Jake the Snake Roberts with Alice Cooper versus the Honky Tonk Man with Colonel Jimmy Hart. Honky Tonk Man is just recently inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Why not? I love that he never plays the guitar. He just holds it, and it makes him so much better because he can't play it. As Honky Tonk Man gets into the ring, he's dancing on the, on the apron, and Roberts just goes right and attacks him right then. Uh, with a scoop slam on the floor, there's a shot of where you see the bag where Damien is. Oh, yeah. And it's moving. It's like you can see Damien creepy, moving man. in like, the bag. It's like a snake in a bag is almost creepier than a snake not in a bag. Exactly. <laughs> and you can see that Damien like, is moving around, and Jake grabs Honky Tonk Man for the DDT, but Honky Tonk Man slips out of the ring. Roberts follows out, but gets Irish whipped into the ring post. And uh, I noticed, I'm sure I've noticed this before, but this is the first time I've written the note. But I love how Jimmy Hart has a different jacket for every wrestler that he manages. That rules. I just, for some reason, I just like noticed it because he was with the Hart Foundation earlier, and he has one. He had one with hearts all over it. And I, now he, I also love now he has one with all music notes all over it. I love all the ribs on uh, Alice Cooper's uh, physique. Yeah. They talk about how like skinny he is, and he should go to the gym. And I think it's in the promo where they like someone's like, "Oh, I noticed the spurs." <laughs> He's got on his boots. Honky Tonk Man then delivers a scoop slam and a second rope knee drop, and Honky Tonk Man goes to attempt the shake rattle and roll, but takes too long, and Roberts back body drops him. Robert then makes the comeback and calls for the DDT. Right as he is about to attempt it, Jimmy Hart grabs his leg to stop him, which allows Honky Tonk Man to roll him up and holding onto the ropes to gain leverage for the pin and the win. We then see post-match, Roberts grabs the guitar, swings it at Honky Tonk Man, but misses, but it shatters on the ring post. And this one was definitely possible. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man then goes running up the entryway, but Jimmy Hart is in the ring. And then we see Alice Cooper and Roberts both get in the ring where Jake puts Hart in a full Nelson. And then Cooper grabs Damien and they put him on Hart before he can escape from the ring. So next we see Howard Finkel welcome Mean Gene Okerlund to the ring. Where this is where Mean Gene announces the attendance record. 93. 173. And then we're right off to our 11th match. Which is the Iron Sheik and Nikola. Volkov with Slick versus ki- the Killer Bees of B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel. Oh, I love me some Sheiky Baby. Uh, I also I like the Bees. I'm a Bee Man. So I guess Slick just didn't have an extra shirt in the no, back. No, he did not. <laughs> Poor guy. He's still torn from his earlier encounter yeah. with Tito Santana. Volkov starts singing the social Soviet national anthem, which is still drawing pretty major heat at this point. Oh, yeah. And then all of a someone, all of a sudden, someone is running down the freeway with a two by four. Who is it? 
Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And what's on the end of his 2x4? It's an American flag. And why is he here? Because this is the land of the free. Their song. They weren't trying to tell them that they should sing along with them. It's true. Hacksaw the real heel here. I think so. I think he is. I'm not, I'm not trying to be edgy. I'm just like, I want to see these guys fight. And I don't think Hacksaw's argument was very good. So as the bees get into the ring, Volkoff and Sheik go right after him. Uh, Hacksaw's state. So wild guess, but I'm sure he'll be part of the finish. Uh, this is our first Hacksaw, right? This is our first Hacksaw, but he's not officially part of the match. So. No, no, no. I just meant in general, like, appearance. But yes, it's his first appearance. A reversal of a reverse Irish whip sends Volkoff and Sheik into the turnbuckles. Order is finally restored, even still trash in the ring. And I don't technically mean Sheik and Volkoff. Lots of tags, double T maneuvers by the Bees. And then we get a drop kick by Brunzel and a pin. Brunzel's drop kick? It was really good. It's fucking beautiful. Volkoff ended up making the saves. Team moves to take control of the match. We get a Volkoff bear hug, multiple Brunzel down. The Bees make the tag, but the ref doesn't see it, which allows the foreigner to continue their attack. And then all of a sudden we see Hacksaw chasing Slick and Volkoff outside the ring while Sheik is putting Brunzel in the camel clutch. Volkoff slips into the ring and Hacksaw follows. And they're running past and then all of a sudden Hacksaw sees Sheik and then hammers him with the 2x4. Bell rings. I'm going to get a bell so I can go ding 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 sometimes. It's going to be really annoying. Everyone's going to hate it. And Iron Sheik and Volkoff are the winners okay. by DQ. Can, can I say that? Say it. Hacksaw is the real heel. He cost them the win, which this is they're one of the really kind of interesting and great things is he, in his heel work, says that's about they still, even if it's DQ, they the Killer Bees still lost and the checks from like pay-per-view and like big events and it's kind of fucking awesome. It's true. Like, Hacksaw, I'm pretty lukewarm on your bullshit right now. To be honest, I watched this and I was all like, I feel like Temple's going to be a hacksaw guy. I think because, I, I because, think I may be. Like, Maybe eventually I will be. Because literally, I feel like hacksaw ends up taking over basically the JYD spot. spot. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Say in, in this instance, I feel like that it was like, what, like what, what's he doing? What's he doing? But does he restore order after the match? When he grabs the mic and gets the crowd to chant USA. <laughs> Why? Because we're USA. We are. And they're not. I know. They're, they're not. They're of, not. They're a bunch of foreigners. They are. Um, Down with the foreigners. Yeah, but it's... it's Build a wall. No, don't. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, he's joking. joking. He's joking. joking. Uh, but yeah, no. She, like, but I... And Volkov. They quite are a fun. bit. They're like, uh, and Sheik is a much better worker than you'd expect him to be. Yes. I, I'd love to see some Sheik like, in his prime. And who's... Yeah, and who's... Is an actual bear hug. Exactly. That I can get behind. And then we'll go to the back. Andre then... This time, Andre doesn't look quite as stone-faced, because he actually does some talking. Yeah. Uh, but the image about Andre and Hulk Hogan, uh, we see the two two men celebrating in the back, and then Andre's being attacked by Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy when Hogan comes down to help. Uh, Andre's holding a trophy while Hogan is calling him the number one superstar in the WWF. And Jesse's saying we can get Andre there if Pipe like Jesse and Piper have an argument and you know, Jesse's like, if you can get Hogan here, I'll get Andre here. And then Andre comes out and challenges Hogan to a title shot, ripping the shirt and 
the, the necklace. The, the crucifix. The crucifix necklace. And Piper wants to know what Hogan's answer is. And he says, Yeah! It sounds... Yeah, it was bad. We then have Hulk Hogan in the back with Mean Gene. He's scared for the night, not for the 90,000 inside the building, but for the 90,000 on the outside of the building. Because the earth is going to shake when the giant hits the ground. That's pretty good. We then go Howard Finkel's in the ring and he announces Bob Euchre as the guest ring announcer, who in turn announces Mary Hart as the guest timekeeper. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, Jesse says that she calls him all the time at night. I bet he wishes she did. Yeah, I, like I think Mary like checks the turnbuckle, which I really liked a lot. Yes, just to like see if it's legit or something. I don't know, but it was very fun, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, like Mary Hart gets my fucking thumbs up. So we're off to our twelfth match: Andre the Giant with Bobby Heenan. I know Hulk Hogan for the WWF World Heavyweight, Heavyweight. Championship, and Andre comes in on his golf cart ring mm-hmm. thing and just the amount of trash at this show which we haven't really talked about but there's a lot of trash at the heels in this show but i just feel so bad for andre's like barely able to walk ass getting like littered with trash because he's forced to fucking put oaken over i feel bad for the cart oh cart's gonna be fine andre's like 550 pounds yeah, the, the cart can't hurt it doesn't the cart doesn't have a heart hopefully, andre does it's just it it's just five sizes too big so the story behind this match was Hogan was presented with a trophy for being the world champion for three years. Three or two? Three. Okay. And Andre would come out to congratulate him. The next week, Andre would be presented with a trophy of his own, noticeably smaller, Yeah. for being undefeated in WWF for 15, 15 years. years. That's three, three fives. Can you hear these? They might actually be able to hear yeah, that. That's cool. Hogan would come out and congratulate Andre for his feat, but before Andre could even speak, Hogan became the focal point of the interview. Annoyed, Andre would walk out. Hell yeah. And then, as we saw on the video package, Andre would then come back out the next week with Bobby Heenan. Who obviously had been, you know, spiking his Kool-Aid a little bit. And challenge Hogan. This match... Basically starts off, Hogan goes for a body slam. Super the early whole, on. The whole story is like Hogan has to body slam to win, right? Exactly. Because uh, Andre has never been body slammed in WWF as either. Not, let alone being undefeated. He's never been body, body slammed. slammed. But Hogan goes for that body slam early. Can't get Andre up and the giant falls on top of him for a two count. But there's... <laughs> like, it kind of looks like he hit the three count. <laughs> He did not. That'll, yeah, no, that'll, like, that'll yeah. play into yeah. furthering the storyline, yeah. basically. I have three count question mark in my notes. Exactly. I was like... Andre then hits uh, hits back, making Hogan work his way up to his feet. And yeah. Then, uh, hits the back again. He starts working his back, obviously, to try to keep him from body slamming him, exactly. which is going to be a lot of back and a lot of leg. Uh, Andre, pair of body slams, then walks on the back of Hogan. Andre goes for a headbutt, but Hogan slips away, and the giant hits the turnbuckle. Is the walk on the back the best spot in the match? I mean, if not for a body <laughs> slam itself. I mean, yeah. Hogan has Andre reeling with some right hands, an elbow, clotheslines, slamming his head into the turnbuckle ten times. 
It's a which big we, skull. Which got, which got, we got the crowd. Yeah, along, we're starting to get some fun. counts instead of because like it, in earlier shows we just hear like basically everybody going like, Ugh, uh, yeah, and like yeah, it's nice to hear him count. Hogan charges in for a clothesline, but Andre gets the boot up, and then we get the bear hug by Andre. For the three minutes of this, like, nine-minute man. <laughs> uh, the ref checks the arm once, twice, but the arm stays up on the third time. Hogan's punching Andre to break the hold. Hogan goes for a shoulder block twice, but with the chop. Andre then whips Hogan into the ropes, hitting him with a big boot, which sends Holt to the floor. Andre follows down onto the floor and hits the Hulk moves, and the giant hits the ring post. Ah, uh, the ring post is the. They say the ape, the like the, you know, the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but isn't like the post the hardest part of the ring? I would think the ring, the the post would be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, back then, still nowadays they're like LED screens. Well, I mean, so. if it depends on what you're watching. I'm gonna email Kevin Kelly real quick. Okay. <laughs> Hogan pulls up the protective padding to expose the concrete. Which is exciting. I got excited about that. Hogan then attempts to pile drive Andre. Yeah. Like he's going to pile drive the man that's never been slammed. But then gets back body dropped onto the concrete. He does not. He. I know that I probably should save my criticisms for later, but he does everything to not even I mean, in the slightest. He probably goes off to the side so he hits no, the he padding like, that was he, raised. He like up. hits the side of the ace off, but he's like slowly, like desperately not trying to hit the concrete because this match may spoil me on Hogan. They then they're back in the ring, Andre whips Hogan into the ropes for another boot, but Hogan ducks and comes back with a clothesline of his own to knock the giant. Hogan starts Hulking up. Is there a sound for hulking up? Crowds going Ooh. wild. C- uh, Coke Hogan. And then he body slams Andre and then hits the leg drop for the pin and the win. How did that body drop? Or how did that fucking slam look? It was pretty awesome, if you ask me. You think so? No one. I mean, it's, you, it's just, you don't body Andre. slam a 550 that's a good, pound that's a good, person. That point. No one's going to make that look good. That's true. Post-match... Hogan telling Andre to come on back in the ring if he wants some more. And then posing in the ring for what seemed like 10 minutes. And then we go to Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura to recap the evening and say their goodbyes. And we get a video package of highlights from the evening with Aretha Franklin's rendition, Beautiful Once Again. So overall thoughts on WrestleMania 3. Good show. Watch the whole thing once. Watch one thing... Once a year until you die. <laughs> I mean, I'm right there with you. I thought it was an amazing show. Only a couple of subpar like, matches. There's like there's some stuff that's like so forgettable, but on a whole, it's so fun that even like the bad, like quote unquote bad matches, even the matches that aren't really wrestling matches, like the 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 LP match, the little people match, like mm-hmm. the midget match. Is more fun than the Coco Beware Reed match. Yes, it's more entertaining. It's more memorable. Like when it comes down to it, like the most important thing about wrestling is getting a reaction from the crowd. Even I, even though I don't have like you know strongly positive feelings about the uh, Hulk Hogan Andre match, it is important and it got a reaction and. People don't have to be ring technicians to get reactions. People can just be loved. And uh, there's, you know, like the people were in on some stuff 
and the crowd was hot and it was a good show and it wasn't boring and I never was like I never like walked away I didn't I hit pause when I left the room like you know what I mean yeah the biggest thing is I I think Vince finally realized that the wrestlers were the superstars yeah they are and didn't need to rely on the celebrities to no. sell the show it's like everyone's Cause I mean because even without the celebrities the show had everything had the pageantry uh huh had good storylines going in. Yep. And there was, what, three celebrities? Two? Uh, Matilda, Damien, and Frankie. <laughs> there you go. Which we had three. We had three animals. Yeah. The work rate by pretty much everyone was, yeah. was even good. Yeah. Even the people that, like... You don't everyone, classify as yeah, good workers. Yeah. They, they did a good and what, job. Like, a good example is, like, of the... Like, you don't have to be uh, the greatest wrestler to be the most entertaining that crowd was I mean, hot as hell for that Harley race junk yeah I was like the Harley race junk like, neither one of those guys are great workers at this point in their no, careers no it was still an entertaining match it was entertaining but the crowd was fucking hot and that's yeah. what really that's what really matters like if I watched this Andre Hulk match with the sound off I probably would have pulled out my phone but the crowd is a big part of that exactly psychology wise it's getting, it's getting tighter they for did, sure they did a lot of good job and like you said, the crowd was great. Also, the production value is consistently getting fucking better. It's good. The like the packages, the like you know, obviously like pre-recorded promos, whether recorded that day or a week ahead of time, whatever. Like it's all like it's a very tight. It's a tight fucking package that doesn't feel its length. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time that we smart it up. So, what do you think best moments of this show are? Uh, I mean, it's not Matilda, Steamboat, and Savage. Obviously, top of the yeah. top of the list because yeah, it's one of the best matches that we're gonna watch probably, probably for a while. We'll ever see for quite some time. Yeah, but anything else that just like sticks out in your head? Oh, I mean, Matilda. Uh, the uh, I've all like yeah, I don't even really like. I like dogs. But I never really like think about having a dog. But I've always wanted one of those real ugly dogs, and uh, so I saw Matilda, and I was just kind of excited. Honestly, uh, uh, it was good to see Jake. Jake Snake. Yeah. yeah, Jake's always good, and I really like that Jake doesn't go for the head all the time. Everybody's always punching each other in the head, but you know they're not really punching each other in the mm-hmm. head. But Jake goes for like more body and arm stuff, and it looks good and it makes sense. And it's just kind of like, you know, I mean, you know, everyone talks about him having like some of the best psychology. And I think that that's a, a small thing that he does that's like really different. It was noticeable. Brunzel's drop kick. Honestly, the very first match was one of the best, like probably the second best technical match, even though we had a Heart Foundation versus Bulldogs. The Bulldogs and Heart Foundation one on one. Kind of the afterthought in that match, though. Yeah, it's just like I'm ready. Which I'm ready to see almost, that. I would almost say that's one of the more disappointing parts of the show. Oh yeah, the, not not because it's bad, but because of what it could be. It was yeah. disappointing. But you know, like the Coco Treed is super I mean, forgettable. But like, literally, it was. Fine. I think I was thinking this, but like, there, I mean, Savage and Steamboat, Hogan and Andre, they stick out in your mind. There's nothing else that just like Pop. sticks out in your mind. Is no. like this was awesome, but it's nothing is. Bad. It was like Piper's last match. match. Yeah, I was like, so we get Beefcake's turn, but that doesn't count because it was done so poorly. But he does come out 
like a fucking twenty minutes later with tears and becomes the barber. They don't well, call the, him the that. thing is that that, that, that moment is foreshadowed the, because of the Adonis yeah. technically brings the shears out, mm-hmm. which he used to cut flowers, I guess. But you can cut flowers in here together. Why not? I guess. Any uh, other moments disappointing? I uh, I mean honestly, I think that the the little in the ring were better wrestlers than I expected. I think there was I, like I a can, couple I of arm drags that. and stuff. It was fun. When Mula's Mula's promo that was. That was bad. Yeah. Maybe caught a hold of uh, Bob Uecker's, uh package before she cut that promo. Hey, Disappointed. I was in high school. Uh, there was like a venue I went to all the time to go see like like Rock and they had booked a Bloody Midget Wrestling. Okay. And the opening, there was like... I don't know if that's anything I ever want to see. Oh, it was it was pretty great. From how, what I remember, but there was a played too. The bands were very bad. There was this band called like whole wheat bread and they were basically like oh they were awful the bands were terrible but they were like a all black band that was like a pop punk thing memorable but the bloody midget part was great and it was real bloody and there was ladders and they got to the point where they like went to the they like jumped off of the bar of the place and whatnot but this was before smartphones and stuff and one of our mutual friends one like one of my best friends on the planet we went and he had brought a like i don't know if he brought a because when we were in high school, we didn't have cameras that, you know, on phones. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe it was a disposable camera. I don't know. Uh, photos at the show. And there was a, an LP that went on a ladder or something. I don't know. But uh, later... Was that it a step stool? <laughs> full ladder there. And they were just fighting. Like, there was no ring. They just fought, like, in the venue. Like, all over the place. And everyone just, like, created that with oil paints. And that mutual friend of ours is Connor Tapscott, and uh, if he still has that painting, we're going to have to get a picture of it. Definitely. Some other things that were disappointing, I would say, we've kind of mentioned the beefcake turn. Yeah. The, the way that they, I didn't know the way was... they handled it was... Because, I mean, know? until he literally comes back out to help Piper, you don't realize no, that and it's it, like they like they did a really good job at like video package and storytelling before all of these matches. So, like, if you like... if. Uh, there was a brew, a beefcake issue with. If there was a story that was being told that he was, that was like, leading yeah, up to yeah, a turn, the, we didn't they, get it. We didn't get it. And I don't. And I like, which leads me to believe that it didn't exist. Moving on, it's Savage and Steamboat. Savage and Steamboat. I would say uh, Savage over Steamboat only because uh, of a better promo. But Steamboat's promo not bad. But he's never been promos. Is Steamboat I, I, like the I most? For, I forgot something for best moment. The finish of the Can-Am Connection Morocco Orton match, the, the little schoolboy trip from behind. Oh, that yeah. was so fun. That match was damn good. It was. Oh, is that the second best match of the night? It, I mean, it might be. It might be my second like, favorite match of the yeah. night. Yeah, I really if, liked it. If a lot. it hadn't been the if there hadn't been the beefcake turn, I might have liked the. Because I like the Rojo brothers. I do. I, too. I think they're. I, like I think they're really good. I think that like I also really like the Killer Bees, and I think I'm a little bit more over on the Killer Bees, but they definitely are very uh, similar in like you know. I mean the honky tonk honky tonkin snake match was really good actually. It was. It, the thing I think the thing with that match is is that it was the match right after the Steamboat match. Yeah. But it was still very very good. It was, uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, how do you, what do you... How do you follow that? Yeah, it's like, you, you can't watch it in a vacuum, really. And you, because even if you've watched this show, you know what you, what was 
what happened before that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, obviously it was nowhere near as good as that, but I think that it has a potential to be a better match ranked on the card, exactly. but it's going to be more forgettable because They probably of it. should have pushed it further up. Yeah, it, I wish it should. I I think it should have been IC title and go straight to the goddamn heavyweight. Why not? I mean, the, keep it hot. WWF, it's so hot. WWF always puts a pee break match in between. Yeah, right before the that makes sense. But these are all children. They don't. They don't. True. They're not drinking beer. They're fine. Anything surprising happened during this show? I was surprised to see Alice Cooper. Uh, I was really surprised to see Aretha Franklin. Yeah, and it was fucking cool. Yeah, I don't know. How about the fan running in and hugging? Yeah, that was Piper? that was pretty surprising for sure. Because I was like, I wasn't sure if it was a scuffle or what. But you know, like, no, there was no like. It was a, it was like I knew it was supposed to be a good show, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was in, a good show. Going in, it was like we've always been told WrestleMania three, yeah. one of the best WrestleManias there is. Yeah, it's like and, Ricky, like Steamboat Savage, like. I've seen clips of that watching, like, my WrestleMania, like, recap VHS tape that I yeah. bought, like, as a kid or whatever. Actually, you know, watching so it, it was just is, as good or better. I was just going to say, the question is, did it live up to the hype? Like I said, I was watching it when you came over earlier today. I watched this show, like, three weeks ago, and I've watched that match three more times. Exactly. I haven't watched any other matches on the show. It, it definitely lives up to the hype, completely. And with the package, which is... Nice. I mean, granted, it gets kind of annoying later when it's like half the show is a package. For for, his, package, for historical, though. sometimes you do need that package for historical purposes. Uh, going going back and watching these shows and like I don't ha- I can't watch every like Saturday night. Main no, event. You can't. I can't do it. Like so, having those before that like made that Steamboat Savage match better. Although I do think that it works bell to bell just fine. But uh, had, but like having that package is helpful and like we're getting to the point where that's going to be a thing to the point where we're going to be either annoyed or impressed by them depending on whether or not we already get the story yeah yeah it's like nowadays whenever i watch a live pay-per-view i i make sure to start it a little bit late so i can skip skip the promo skip the promo packages if i know the story or sometimes the whole match depends on what i'm watching yeah and now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling the dusty finish. Ed Lewis with Billy Sandow joined forces in 1914 and became contenders for the world title. Sandow was known for running his mouth while Lewis would wrestle an invasive, almost cowardly style. It was an early version of a heel manager wrestler dynamic that would be used over and over throughout history. In 1915, Joe Stetcher had defeated Earl Caddick with his body scissor pin to become champion. Ed Lewis and Stetcher had faced each other twice before. Once Lewis had fallen out of the ring and hit his head on the chair to be counted out. The other time, the two men faced each other in a match that lasted longer than four hours. But in 1920, Lewis would finally defeat Stetcher using his signature headlock seven times during a match. Reports of the match sound as dramatic as today's best matches suggesting that the match was fixed. But even as effective as the Lewis Sandow tandem was, they were still missing something. An innovator. No thank you. So next week Uh great American Bash? Nineteen eighty seven. And this is a uh like I don't know, is it Coliseum? 
or uh, is it a different company? Either way, it's a it's a tape. It's a best of video that Turner Home Entertainment put out. Yeah, it's like the other bashes we watched, where it was you know yeah. it was a it was like a summer tour. This is a collection of some of the matches, and we snaked it off the internet. I mean, I know you can watch a lot of these. Two, there's two war game matches, and you can watch both of those on the network. Oh, really? But the matches, the other matches that are on it are not on the network. Yeah, I'm sure that a lot of them, like, if, if it's, basically if it's not on the network, it's probably on fucking YouTube. If the match, not, a lot, a lot not, like, not the whole show, not the whole tape, yeah. but a lot of the single matches are. But yeah, I think the, I believe both full war game matches that are on the yeah. tape are on the WWE Network. If you just go to, uh, there's a war games collection. Oh, is there? In the collection area yeah. of the network. It'd be hard to search that because it's like a million people. It's not like... You can't do like yeah. You can't, you can't do like by single you can't person. do like yeah. Flare race war games. <laughs> but there's also a cool interview with Dusty on that collection about how he came up with the war games concept. I'd like to watch that because I still don't know what is going on. So <laughs> it's super interesting if you go out there and find it. If you find the entire show, great. Follow along with I mean, us. Uh, well, yeah, what we watched is was a collection of files, not even an entire. Yeah, like, literally, video. I found. It was actually like raw footage from every stop on the tour. Oh. And I pieced it together to what was supposed to be the, on the, the home video. video. Oh, so you have more than what you gave me? Yes. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, I mean, it was like... That's a lot. It was a lot. These um, wrestling fans out here are crazy. Exactly. But yeah, if, you, if you're following along, uh, find the Great American Bash out there on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Or we'll I, you, actually, we'll... I, the video might be on eBay if you really want the tape. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, if you just want to watch the War Game mm-hmm. matches, those are on the network. Yeah. If you like the music from this show, the the intro music was "Who's Zoomin' Who" by Aretha Franklin. Do I know that song? That was the theme song for WrestleMania three. I don't know if you know it or not. I don't know either. I don't. Did they didn't play it? Did they? Uh, no, it was not. It was dubbed on the network. So oh. we did not hear So it was like it. one of her original songs that they used for the thing. Correct. To probably like push an album or something. Yeah. All right. Well, and I'm then listen to it here in a second. Right about now, you're probably hearing Real American by Rick Derringer. Because uh, Hogan, oh, shit. Hogan won the main event. I wanted to talk to you about these Honky Man lyrics real quick. I got long sideburns and my hair slicked back. I'm coming for your, I'm, or I come into your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's just a honking tonk, man. I'm just a honking. And then, like, yeah. It's and Jimmy it's, Hurt's greatest song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no real American. That's yeah. for sure. And it's like, I picked up a mean guitar. I wear blue suede shoes. You ought to hear me sing the snake skin blues. And uh, it's just, like, the most corny, on-the-nose shit. I guess real American is, too. But real American makes me do that with my fist, which means, like, shake it in excitement. You put, you put it on your workout playlist? I mean... I normally just watch wrestling when I exercise. Uh, that works too. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, Honky Tonk would not. No, definitely not. It's a bad thing. But hey, but go out way. there to uh, rate, review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts at. Um, give us those five-star reviews uh, so more people can find us. Are we on SoundCloud? Uh, we are on SoundCloud. Oh, cool. You can look us up by Wrestling History X. I didn't know that. I was going to make a face tattoo. Here, so now I can get a face tattoo. If you want to hit us up on our email, you can find that uh, wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. We'd love to hear hear from you. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, just let us know you're out there. We always love to interact with our 
Listeners? Listeners? Yeah. I was just like just fans. fans. I was like, eh. I was like eh. Hopefully you're fans. Yeah. Keep listening. But... I'm, I'm a fan of me. I like me. I like me too. Um, or you can find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>